Hey guys, I'm really happy to partner with Well Woman Vegan from Vitabiotics as sponsors of Bite Back. For anyone like me leading or trying out a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle with a busy schedule, Well Woman is there to support you all along the way. It provides 24 nutrients, including higher levels of iron and vitamin B12. You can find them across the UK and Ireland nationwide. Hey there, I'm Roz Purcell, best-selling cookery author, ex-model, entrepreneur and host of Bite Back. As the body positivity movement takes full flight, I want to be part of the conversation that puts pleasure back on your plate. Together, we'll discuss why numbers on a scale doesn't and shouldn't define us and how amazing our bodies really are. Today, I have a very special guest in. It is Jerry Hussey, creator of soulspace.ie and a health and performance coach. You can check out soulspace.ie for loads of different uh, talks and day workshops he has coming up. Now, Jerry is here because, okay, well, you find out in a few minutes once you hear him speak. But I guess a huge part about this podcast is how I managed to heal my relationship with food and my body. Um, unbeknownst to Jerry, we worked together many times doing camps together. There was a few mornings he woke me up at 5am to climb some mountains and he probably didn't realise the impact he was having on me. And even though I never told him what I was going through, he definitely had a huge part to play in my awakening and reminder that life is not a dress rehearsal. And he really helped me to understand that life is short and we have to make it meaningful. So Jerry. That was your intro. Wow. I sure that was me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Jerry and I know each other a very long time. We go way back. And I guess the main reason Jerry is here today, as I said, is you have this th- this thing when you talk to people. You you really awaken something. Um, and I know for me, you really awakened this drive to actually heal my relationship with myself. Thank you for that introduction. But and I want to start off by saying I've never really, I've never actually given anybody anything and I've been lucky to work with people who have been World European Olympic champion but they became the World European Olympic champion. The people I coach they have to become the thing that they want to be. I can't push them force them Um, so I'm simply just a guide and I think as a performance psychologist or as a performance coach I think people need to surrender their own ego and realise that the progression of your client has absolutely nothing to do with you that you're simply just a guide. So for me, I get to work with incredible people and I think it's probably the best job in the world. I get to drink tea with people. I get to walk up mountains at five o'clock in the morning with people. But maybe the only skill I have is I, I see people. I don't see bodies. I see people. And when you see people, you see energy because that are very quantum or very, you know, everything in, in, in the world is energy. So when I meet somebody... They might be saying something, but what I'm seeing is, are they anxious? Are they fearful? And they say the eyes are the window to the soul. So when I see people, I see their soul. And I don't know where I got that from. Maybe it's from my mother, who's the most amazing person who who looks into your and, and asks you, did you do it? <laughs> and even though you want to say, no, I didn't, she just has this ability to look straight in. And sometimes you meet the most beautiful people physically and you look into their eyes and you just see sadness, you see despair, you see somebody who looks into a mirror and doesn't even know who they're looking back at. And the reason I say I've never given anything to anybody is because you used the word there, the awakening, and that's actually what I call my business because what I want to try to do is awaken in somebody what they've already had. So when you were born as a baby, 
you know, you laughed, you danced. In order to walk, you had to be resilient. You fell, you bounced back up. You walked by the mirror, you didn't care. You walked along, you know, lots of kids with pot bellies, they don't care. They're just in love with themselves, they're in love with the world. They don't know judgment and they don't know comparison and they haven't developed this big ego. All I tried to do is reawaken in somebody that gift that they've had since they were born, where they were just curious of the world, curious of themselves, and the last thing they do is judge or compare. For anyone like myself or, you know, who's going through something similar to me, I put so much emphasis on what I looked like. Mm -hmm. My body and my weight equaled my self-worth. For me, it was the most important thing. If you had given me a time capsule and said, what do you want to see yourself like in 30, 40 years? Mm -hmm. It had nothing to do with me wanting to be healthy or mm -hmm. with my family. I just always wanted to make sure that I was a ideal body image or weight. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to people who are in that situation? Yeah, I would start off by going back to the basics and saying, you know, I start off by saying we're all energy. Mm. And we know when you're around incredible people, we, we call it charisma. In, a, in sport, we call it spirit. You walk into a dressing room and there's a spirit, there's a tangible or palpable energy. So we have to get out of our heads that energy is some type of woo-woo. It's quantum physics. The world exists. We are energy, okay? So we move from defining somebody by their energy, the fun, the kind, the curious, they're laughing, to defining them by physical. So the more we develop a human ego is the more we define the world by physical terms. So she's a doctor, she's a teacher. She's six foot two. She's beautiful, she's blue eyes. So I think we have to stop thinking simply in terms of physical and we have to stop defining people by what they physically do or what they physically look like and more tune into energetically, how do I feel when this person's around me? That, you know, that is something we were talking, discussing in the last um, episodes of the podcast about stepping away from defining people on their physical measures, because it's a natural thing, I think, in our society. If someone walks in, you will automatically say, you look great, or you might come say, you've lost weight, or you look better this way. And mm. it's just a natural thing. You know, we think we're giving a compliment, but it's definitely something mm. I've become more aware of. But th it's been a huge learning lesson because I've had to deal with it the hard way, not to comment on people's aesthetics. Mm. And I love what you said about actually referring to people on their energy basis, mm. because I think that's something as a society, and, we just don't even, we're not even in touch with. Yeah, and we have, we have to overcome our own fear because, you know, it's easy to sound, I love your shoes, Roz. But it's harder for me to say, you look very sad, Roz. Mm. And I'm not interested in your shoes because I'm interested in you. And I always think, you know, that some of the, with the clients I work with, you know, I get to care for them very deeply. And very often I will have to have, a, a, you know, a, an honest conversation with them. And I will start the conversation by saying, I love you and I love you enough to say this to you. And I think if we could start conversations out of love, mm -hmm. when you meet someone and you know they need a friend, you know they need someone to just help them stop, breathe, and yet what you comment on is, I love your shoes, you're actually letting that person down. Mm -hmm. But we're so afraid and we build up these stories in our head, but I couldn't say that to Roz, I couldn't say that to, to Jerry, I couldn't. Of course you could. If you really loved them, you could. And I think if we, if we just cared for each other, and we cared about ourselves and we cared about, I'm actually being a really good friend here. So as I said, I'm a psychologist, but the only really skill I have is the courage to say what I see. And it's, it's not a bad place to be. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And if mm. the person says I'm fine, and that's fine. But at least it has created an opportunity for them to come back to me. It might be in a month's time and yeah. say, Jerry, you remember you said I, I was looking scared. 
can I have a chat to you about that? Mm-hmm. Or do you remember you said I was looking tired? Yeah. Can I have a chat to you about that? So at least you're saying to them, I am open to this conversation if you ever need to have it. And then it's up to them. But if I say I love your shoes, what you're saying is, I see you're scared. I see you're lost. I'm not interested in that. I'm simply interested in your shoes. And you know what? I think that's a really nice message to portray to anyone who's listening who's in schools or in a workplace. We tend to actually forget to ask each other if we're okay or be honest and, you know, have that conversation of what's going on in each other's lives. Being able to talk to, obviously, your family, I think is really important, but your close friends, because you can kind of be a little bit more honest with them, Mm -hmm. you know. I know when I was speaking to my family about it, there's probably a lot I held back because... I didn't want them to get upset. Whereas with my friends, you know, it was all all, yeah. all out there. Now, Jerry, in terms of, I think a lot of young girls out there, and I know because I get a lot of messages about this, they deal with a lot of body image issues because of social media. And for me, I suppose I, I learned a lot of skills through counselling of how to stop irrational thoughts and how to bring it back to me mm-hmm. and really regenerate that confidence yeah. when I feel low. So what kind of would be your tips to anyone out well, there? Well, for me, and you're right, so two things, you know, our mind operates through uh, a newer circuitry. So what I mean is there's different parts of a brain and there's a little circuit of wires that run from one to the other. So when one part of your brain gets animated, be it stress or be it anything we think about, we fire that. So there's electricity running through that part of the brain, which recreates the pictures that it had the last time it operated. And then that links to an emotion. Now, the problem is we tend to remember the things that made us most emotional. So the thing that really made us upset, fear, shame and guilt keep dreams us back. So the more we experience that emotion of fear, shame, of guilt is the more we fire that neurocircuitry in the brain. And that part of the brain re-keeps playing the memories from, from when we felt like that. And the most amazing thing is that even if that situation that made you feel fearful or or shameful or guilty disappears, we will find a new one. We will find something somewhere to justify our emotion. So in some ways, we're constantly living in the past. We're constantly manipulating and interpreting the world as it happens. So if somebody is naturally confident, they will see things in the world that gives them great feedback. If somebody is naturally not confident or fearful, They will constantly see and interpret things in the world, no matter what's happening, that meets their emotion. And if you want to step into the future, you're going to have to stop caring about your past. Because the more you think about it and the more you talk about it and the more you come back, every time you think about it, every time you talk about it, you fire that neurological circuit, you trigger that emotion and you rebuild it. And what we know from neuroscience is the brain doesn't actually know whether I'm thinking about something or experiencing it in real. Wow. So we're constantly, in psychology, we call it the frozen present. In order to change your mind, your emotions and your belief about yourself, you're going to have to break up with yourself. Break up with the old stories and the way to start that is start telling new stuff, positive affirmation. Yeah, I do find when I start talking about it again, I get really upset just because I... I For me, it's like, it feels like that was another lifetime ago, but it is bringing back all those emotions. Because your brain can't distinguish whether you're just thinking about it or seeing it. See, I brought Jerry in now to give everyone a piece of advice. And I'm here, he's giving me life advice. I'm using this podcast to reach young people who follow me. And actually, sorry, people who are my age and older who are Mm. still dealing with eating disorders and body issues. Because Mm. whenever I put up something about it or talk about it, the amount of messages I get off from males, females, all across the board, mums or or girls in in school. It's like you're stuck. And 
always the thing that comes back to me when I start feeling shit about myself. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it isn't a dress rehearsal. It's just a waste of time resenting yourself. And the only thing that's stopping you from doing what you want is yourself. And by putting yourself down, you'll never get to where yeah. you want to go. Absolutely. So, you know, you look at self-sabotage and, and what you said there, Roz, is really important because I started by saying we keep reliving the past and we look for multiple ways to relive the past. If in your past you felt I'm not good enough, if in your past you felt I have a hole in my soul, you can fix the eating disorder, you can fix the alcoholism, you can fix the expression, but until you fix the hole in your soul, you will just find another way to believe what you've always believed. So for me, when we look at an eating disorder or alcoholism or an addiction to training mm-hmm. or uh, you know, a food addiction, any addiction is an inflammation. So when you hurt your ankle, it, it gets bigger, it flames up. So if you have an inflamed need to train, an inflamed obsession around food, any type of an addiction comes from a hurt. So there's a whole, we live in a world where there's lots of homeless souls mm-hmm. or people who have holes in their souls. And when you have a hole in your soul, it can be difficult to go back and start to replenish that by positive affirmations, by rethinking. So what we try to do is we fill that hole and we consume. And we consume food, we consume alcohol, uh, phones. When I look around me now, people are constantly consuming stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. Because they're afraid if they're alone, they were left feeling the way they've always felt. And that is that I'm not good enough. Without this image, without this phone, without these likes on my Twitter, without this public affirmation, I'm not enough. If you want to be happy, there's only one thing you have to do. Stop judging yourself. Stop judging your life. Because as human beings, we are always enough. On any given day, I am doing my best today. And either that's good enough for you or it's not. And if it's not good enough for you, then you'll have to live with that. So that's why I said, break up with your past. It doesn't matter. You're here now. I absolutely believe that every single human spirit, every single human life is extraordinary and infinite. And every human life comes in every shape, every color, every religious creed, every makeup. But as long as I can see into someone's eyes and you have a soul, I know you're human. And I'm simply interested in the human that's in front of me right now. You can see I'm passionate about this. But yeah. I just, people are so hard on themselves, Roz. We, we're always looking for sticks to beat ourselves. And if there's nothing in our current world to beat ourselves with, we'll go back into the past and find something. If there's nothing in the past, we'll go into the future and find something. And that all comes down to the fact that somewhere in my life, something or somebody made me feel not enough. So you have to refill that hole in your soul. Positive affirmations. I lose Louise Hay. I don't know if you, if, you, if you know Louise. And every day for over an hour, I listened. And she would mm-hmm. start off by saying, I'm an incredibly kind human being. And I even found that hard to say. And then she got to me to a stage where I would have to repeat multiple times a day, I am a beautiful human being. And I, I found that hard to say. As a society, we're not good at complimenting ourselves. And I know with when I started counselling, you know, reinforcing yourself with 
positives and if you have a negative just coming back and reinforcing it it was hard if I put up a, a post today and I said everyone post something negative about yourself it would get so much attention people would, wouldn't have a problem they'd start commenting at, and straight away they'd have something in their head if I asked people to comment something positive about themselves mm-hmm. people wouldn't want to because they'd be embarrassed or they, mm-hmm. they, did, they found it hard yeah. and I think when you were just saying that to understanding that we are enough and we are absolutely enough right now. The only world that exists, Roz, exists right now. So we've done things in the past. We've gone up mountains. But you're not the same girl. I'm not the same man. So why the hell would we be still here looking at each other as if we're, yeah. we're different? Because I know things now that I, has made me different. I, we're different. And if we meet again tomorrow, we'll be different again. So how could I judge the girl that's sitting right in front of me on the girl that was there a year ago? It's not the same person. And if I think it's the same person, it's because it's of my need to go back in the past. So for me, the more I've become present in my own life, and the reason I've become present is your life isn't 900 months and you sleep 300, we've 600 months. So there's not enough time for judging and comparing. Mm-hmm. There's only time for being present. 600 months. 600 months. And at my age, at best I have 300 months left. But I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because I will use every month as best as I can, every minute I will be present. The more people want to pull me into the past or the future, I will bring them back to the present. This is what's happening right now and this is where the moment is. So when I work with great sports teams, we use a little simple thing called WIN. And in order to win in life, you have to know what's important now. The most important thing is now. We're all going around multitasking 50 things and each of this, no, they didn't get to do have to get it done tomorrow, blah, blah. It's all waffle because it's all fictional. The only reality that exists is right now. And the only you that exists is right now. And either that is good enough for you or it's not. It doesn't mean you can't change. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you can't get bigger. You can't get smaller. But when you're present and you bring self-compassion and self-love into your present, then you love yourself enough to want to change. And that's my wish, that people who listen to this could look into a mirror, find one thing that they love about themselves and say, I am a beautiful soul and my people and friends who can see my soul will love me and the people who aren't clever enough to see my soul will judge me and it's their loss. Jerry, we're going to end it there. Thank you so much. I think that was a really nice way to end it. I, you actually took the words out of my mouth. I was like, when I was listening to you, I was like, yeah, that's it. We're going to challenge people after they listen to this podcast to look in the mirror and actually pick that one thing that they love about themselves and if they have to say it over and over and over again in their head when they start being negative about themselves or overthinking what other people are thinking about them It is hard Ross because your old world so if you're 25 years old listening to this podcast you have 25 years of doing Mm -hmm. your one thing your subconscious mind doesn't want change so you're going to have to push through this and people talk about working hard in the gym the mind gym the work that I've done on my own mind has been the hardest work I've ever done because I wake up somewhere and say, I don't want to go to yoga, I don't want to go to meditation, I just want to go back, I want to drink coffee. I want. That's the old mind, that's the old ego trying to pull you back. Mm-hmm. So mental training, developing your state of mind, your state of being, will be hard work because you're forcing, pushing, breaking through something that your ego doesn't want. Jerry, thank you so much for coming in today and giving that 
advice that I don't think I, I kept saying to everyone I was like wait till you hear Jerry speak today I know it's made such a difference to me and if any of you are listening to this and you want to hear more from Jerry um, you can check out soulspace.ie he has lots of different workshops coming up I know I'm going to be going to his one on the 15th of September, of September. yeah <laughs> you, you can't get rid of me <laughs> thanks so much for having me thank you so much for tuning in to Bite Back if you've enjoyed this episode we would love to hear from you let us know by rating sharing and subscribing to Bite Back And don't forget to join us next week where we sink our teeth into some more inspiring conversations.